The following is a presentation from the Recycling Council of Alberta's 2020 webinar series with this episode on chemical recycling. The RCA would like to thank our supporters for making this webinar possible, including Platinum Sponsor, the Alberta Beverage Container Recycling Corporation. This segment features Jocelyn Doucet, the CEO of PyroWave. With offices in Ontario and plants in Quebec, PyroWave is a pioneer of the plastic-to-plastic microwave-based chemical recycling technology that allows post-consumer and post-industrial plastics to be regenerated and restored to their full value. Its patented high-power microwave catalytic depolymerization technology platform is the most advanced worldwide and is now at the forefront of the new generation of plastics. Well, thank you very much for um, for the invite. It's a pleasure for me to be here. We are um, at an exciting moment at Powerway right now because uh, um, we have a technology that took about 10 years to, to develop. And now we have uh, a fantastic team, a fantastic technology that that is now ready to go to, to, to market. And basically, we've um, we've addressed um, a distributed problem. I think uh, uh, Paula mentioned it very well. Um, you know, plastic waste is a distributed problem. And very early in our uh, history at PowerWave, we came up with a distributed approach to be able to get close to where the material is instead of getting the material to a centralized location. So this is really um, <clears throat> the genesis of PowerWave was really this distributed uh, treatment approach. And um, you know, along the journey, we, uh, we came across microwave technology and microwave technology is a fantastic uh, tool um, to, to intensify processes and have a, a lot of energy involved in a very little space. So you're able to achieve uh, a tremendous amount of um, chemical um, interactions with the material and, and really favor um, the production of, of higher quality products. So I'm really happy that uh, 10 years now after we started working on this, we have a fantastic team of people that, uh, that really make my dream come true. Um, that's also true with our partners and investors. I think, um, again, it was a fantastic introduction by my by, by closed loop uh, partner. I think um, we need to have everybody from the supply chain, including uh, industrial operators, but also great investors. Um, here in Canada, we do have a fantastic organization called SDTC, which, which is a very early stage government fund that supports clean tech um, innovations. And, and very early in the process, they've seen this um, this new area of innovation with the waste material being a driver of the future economy. So I'm really proud that uh, at PowerWave, we also benefited from, um, from a great list of, of, of supporter. Um, so our approach to the circular economy is really to, uh, to bring a thermal chemical process. Um, I think, again, uh, the closed loop report is a fantastic piece of, uh, of, of work because they're introducing some key definition for for this new industry called chemical recycling. And so we really fall into this decomposition uh, bin where we essentially take the polymer back to their monomer structure. So to really kind of visualize what we do uh, in one slide, uh, typically the polymer industry has been doing uh, the top action. So taking all these little monomer blocks that you can see as a Lego brick, and they've essentially assembled them together to form longer chains. And, and this is what we call polymer chains. So this is what the plastic really is in practice. And so what we um, are achieving in a power wave is the exact opposite reaction. So trying to disconnect or dismantle the bricks from one another 
to be able to recover the monomer blocks. So the different technologies that uh, you will hear about, some will do it through a chemical route, some will do it with a biological route, some will do it with thermochemical uh, processes. And so the challenge is to be able to break these bricks without damaging them too much. So if you do it with a lot of energy, but you don't have much control on it, then what's gonna happen, you're gonna just explode the assembly and potentially explode all the bricks as well. So the interest here is dismantling the bricks without damaging the bricks too much. Otherwise you, you get to a lower quality of product. So the interest in doing that is that once you have the monomer recovered, now you can either reassemble it in the same way. So if you take the example of styrene, then you can reassemble it and form polystyrene back again. Or you can add um, another monomer like butadiene here and form styrene butadiene rubber, which is um, a synthetic rubber, essentially, that you find in, in, um, in your tires, for example. Or you can add acrylonitrile and form ABS, which is really the electronic uh, plastics so that's forming your um, iPhone case, for example. So that can lead us to a variety of different um, new avenues where we can have recycled styrene and sustainable packaging, for example, so polymer to polymer or packaging to packaging, uh, go back into transportation applications, into electronics, uh, even sustainable building with the insulation panels, um, healthcare, where you have all these adhesives and latex that are formed with styrene. So really our first platform is what we call the PW6, which is really driven towards polymer number six, which is polystyrene. And the reason why we focused on styrene is because of its uh, rather convenient um, nature as a monomer. When you recover styrene monomer, you're having a liquid and the liquid is pretty easy to purify. And so we're able to get back to the styrene monomer quality identical to the virgin. And that has been possible because of um, you know, new innovations that we've developed, which is really at the frontier of chemistry and electricity. So, uh, you know, I used to say that I, I'd become a chemical engineer because I didn't like electrical engineering. But unfortunately, 15 years later, I'm now involved in doing uh, electrical modeling. So it's kind of a funny way to end up in, a, in somewhere you didn't want to go in the first place. But anyways, this is, a, this is our platform. Uh, and we really operate at a with a very innovative business model where we essentially sell these little skids and uh, we license the process around it. So basically you have the power supply, very dense system, very small footprint, which is very useful for uh, retrofitting into existing, um, uh, existing operation sites. And so we really target uh, downstream operators that, uh, that need the source uh, renewable sources or recycled sources of styrene that can go back into the production of a virgin product. And so the beauty of this is it's really expandable. And so this is where the, you know, remember the distributed approach or the expandable and modular approach. This is really the beauty of our approach that you're able to, to match the demand uh, with the, the feedstock supply that you have, because as mentioned before by closed loop uh, partner, one of the big challenge that we have is being able to feed uh, raw material to these processes. It's a completely new supply chain that has to be developed. And therefore, one of the challenges that we see in the market is that some of our technology adopters just don't have the feedstock to feed the processes. So one way to be able to match that uh, offer and demand is to be able to expand or at least adapt the process uh, with the feedstock available. Um, so it results in a very high quality product. We have uh, the ability to form 99.8 and, and even more than that. 
uh, 99.8% styrene monomer, which is equivalent to uh, virgin product. And so regardless of contamination, regardless of uh, additives or fillers or anything like that, again, because of the liquid nature of styrene monomer, it makes it very convenient through a very simple distillation process to be able to recover virgin quality monomer, uh, which is not the case with other processes or other types of resins, um, or at least they have different challenges. Um, here, again, the advantage is that we have a 100% electrical platform because of the uh, uh, microwave component, uh, which is also much higher in energy efficiency because all of the energy that uh, we push in through the microwave is going straight to the reaction. So this is really one way to also increase the yield of monomers. So per ton of input treated, we're able to recover up to 95% plus liquid, which has a, the highest level of styrene monomer in it. Therefore, uh, you know, what's in it for the environment? It's, you know, we hear a lot about um, chemical recycling technologies being energy intensive. Uh, my views on that is that, you know, photosynthesis is energy intensive and, and nobody really cares about whether a tree consumes too much energy to fix carbon dioxide. And, and that's because the tree uses renewable energy and they use solar energy and, and therefore nobody really cares about the impact or the you know, CO2 emission of a tree. So here's the same thing, because it's a purely electrical process, we're able to tap onto renewable energy sources whereby other alternative processes or even the virgin production processes rely mostly on crude or oil and gas uh, or even thermal processes. Um, you know, I brought up the analogy that uh, you know, some of these process, most of these processes have been developed uh, after World War II. And so basically they, they're essentially thermal driven. And so now we're really bringing this new level of electrical technologies or electrification of chemical processes to be able to reduce the impact. So a typical virgin process would go from oil and gas all the way down to the product and, and, and end up with a waste stream. Uh, when we go to a circular loop, and we're able to take the monomer back to uh, back into the loop from that same product that was used. And so therefore, because we do not have to reform that brick, which is where the energy intensity is, then we save a lot of energy and we save a lot of emissions. Um, so the only amount of energy that we use um, is going to be uh, carbon, low carbon intensity or higher carbon intensity, depending on the energy mix that we're going to use. But, but basically the potential here is that you're able to tap onto renewable energy. Um, I'm just going to agree with all of the challenges that Paula mentioned before, but um, I'm just going to underline a couple of, like I have three uh, items on my grocery list. Um, the one big obstacle that we see for the expansion and deployment of um, chemical recycling technologies is the lack of proper infrastructure for collection and preparation of feedstock. Um, I like to say that uh, chemical recycling will not replace mechanical recycling. It's like saying that petrochemistry is going to replace refining. Uh, you need to have a refining step before you feed products to a downstream chemical processor. And so it's the same thing here with this new type of feedstock. So rather than having a crude barrel of oil, that cannot be fed into a petrochemical plant, you need to have this refinery uh, that really makes sense and separates the different components of the crude barrel. So it's the same thing here. You need to have a sorting facility, very efficient sorting uh, facilities that will separate the different constituents of that plastic bale. And so 
some people like carbios will like the PET. We like the polystyrene. Some other people will like polyelephants. So you need to have this proper infrastructure for collection and separation of the different components. Another element that I just want to point out, um, even if, though, if our processes are zero dollar, even if we're scaled up to the maximum, we're, we're like top notch, zero dollar per ton process. The cost of logistics of plastic waste is way higher than the logistics of crude oil and natural gas. And so we really need to rethink how we're going to collect that material and also who's going to pay for collecting that material, or at least how are we going to compensate for the extra cost of collection? Because even if the processes downstreams uh, are optimized and low cost, the logistic of the raw material is totally different and will have to be really thought over because it really is a major limitation at this point. Um, another point is a lack of policies to drive demand for recycled chemicals. I think that's, that was also pointed out, but one way to kind of um, internalize the cost of collection and sorting is to make sure that uh, there is demand for recycled raw material. Um, and so if there is a demand for raw for recycled uh, material, then there is going to be a, a new market and a new offer and demand uh, dynamic for recycled material, which will drive the, the cost of that, the price of that material up. And so that will help uh, driving um, uh, logistics and covering collection and, and, and sorting of, of, of plastic waste material in the first place. Um, and finally, there's a real need for all the actors of the supply chain to work together and, and, and really take a bit more risks. Um, this plastic uh, supply chain was improved, optimized, integrated for the past, what, 75 years. Um, it's, it's fully oiled as a business. And now we want to change a little bit this thing by putting a circular or a couple of loops in there. So for sure, it, it has to be worked out. Um, and, and, and we need to you know, put the right policy frameworks and proper regulation in place to be able to, to either force the actors to work together or at least uh, have them um, confront the fact that they have no other options than just adopting changes. So I think there are a couple of opportunities, but I think we've mentioned it. For the people that are using monomers, I think they have a better access using our technology to low carbon monomers, that, that's, a, that's a given. I think for governments also, it's a real opportunity here. We're talking about green recovery. Here's a great opportunity to invest in infrastructure for collection, uh, feeding this new industry that will turn low value waste into high value products. Uh, I think that's a, that's a great opportunity for investments. And finally, for the environment, by reducing the environmental impact of our product, we'll just have positive impact on our soil, water, and, and air, and, and for also the benefit of the future generations. Thank you very much. I know it's a, it's a short period of time, but uh, feel free to send additional questions. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this 2020 webinar series podcast. Search for On the Cusp, Alberta's circular podcast on iTunes and the Google Podcast app for more podcasts from the RCA or visit recycle.ab.ca to see the full presentations.